Welcome back to episode 14 of Money Equals M Squared, brought to you by Lagos Lucas and Torello Wealth Management. My name is Mike Torello, and I'm here with my co-host, Mike Lucas, as today we go over our topic, generational wealth. What we're going to do today is go over six things that are important for people when they're working on planning out how to leave money behind, whether it's to their family or to specific charities. We're going to go over on passing money on to their family, structuring investments in the right way, how life insurance can factor into that plan, working with an estate attorney, involving your children in the plan, and how to do some gifting while you're still alive. Yeah, I mean, I think this is one of the uh, topics that a lot of people try to avoid, uh, almost like the plague, because obviously, you know, this is when you're not here anymore, you know, and it can be a little bit of a challenging topic to talk about, but I think it's important to plan for. So um, let's first dive right into it. Uh, Let's talk about passing money on to family. So um, one of the reasons why this is important is because um, obviously there's a specific way that you want to do it. If it's planned structurally, it could make the, the, the inheritance or the, the people that get that money a lot easier. If it's not done properly, it can make it extremely difficult to kind of go to, to pass on to that next generation. So, you know, there are certain specific ways that I think we need to uh, work this. I mean, obviously, you know, if you're at the point where you're gifting or giving money away, it makes it a lot easier. Um, there are certain things that you could do in regards to specific accounts that you can register a proper way to make them pass along easier. But it's important to, to figure that out. So one, the most important things to, to look at with these accounts is any type of retirement account, you can add on a beneficiary. In a lot of cases, you can add a primary beneficiary and a contingent beneficiary. So obviously a primary beneficiary is something were to happen, um, it would go to that person first. A contingent beneficiary is if that primary beneficiary is not around anymore, they're they're dead, it would go to the contingent beneficiary. And you could set it up in equal percentages, for an example. So let's say if Mike and I were both 50% beneficiaries and something were to happen to, let's say, Bob, who who was the owner, Mike and I would be able to to split that account, okay? If Mike's not here and Mike passed away, and I'll say Mike Torello, if he's not here and I'm the, the remaining beneficiary, uh, I would get 100% of that portion, even though initially it was 50%. Okay, it would only go to the contingent beneficiaries if the primary beneficiaries aren't there anymore. So first and foremost, make sure you, it's important that you have your beneficiaries lined up on all of your retirement accounts. So that way it transfers properly to who you want it to go to. Yeah, and I think one thing that's you know important for people to realize too is you can do whatever you want with your beneficiaries, right? It doesn't have to be your spouse. It doesn't have to be your children. It's really whoever you want to leave that money behind to. It can be a charitable organization. It can be a friend. It can be you know, a specific group or business that you want to leave that money to. You can do whatever you want to do with. Now, there's some rules as far as you know, spousal consent and things like that, depending on what state you're in. Um, that's where the attorney comes into play. But the reality is, is you can name whoever you want to be the beneficiary of your accounts to be able to receive your money. Yep. And, and again, life insurance is a, is a separate, uh, obviously, you want to make sure your primary, you know, contingent beneficiaries are up to date with that. But any type of retirement plan, they allow you to have beneficiaries on there, make sure they're up to date. So one of the things that, and Mike will jump into this for a little bit, is a lot of people have non-retirement assets or assets that aren't in retirement plans. And it, sometimes nowadays, it makes it a little bit more challenging to pass those assets along. 
So um, one of the things that you can do is you can add what's called a TOD or transfer on death to, to this registration. And it will automatically go to that person or persons who you name to, to once you're passing, obviously you have to go through the, the process, but it'll automatically go, th go to that person instead of then going into your state or, or, or things along those lines. Right. The TOD beneficiary or TOD registration works very similar to having beneficiaries on the account. So that way, again, you're naming exactly who's going to receive the money and you know that that's taken care of while you're alive. Yeah. Um, taking one step back in front of the, you know, naming the beneficiaries and everything like that. One of the bigger things that, you know, we like to encourage people to talk about is, is this actually part of your plan, right? Do you actually want to pass money on and who do you want to pass it on to? I think, you know, naming the beneficiaries and setting everything up and structuring it's important, but it's also how important is it and how much money do you want to pass along? The, um, you know, with that strategy, I mean, if you take a look at some, you know, very famous people, famous examples, you know, in our country, you know, you've seen, you know, the back in the day, you saw like the Rockefellers passed all their money down onto their family and created that family generational wealth. More modern today, you see Bill Gates and his family, a lot of his money is going to charity. He's passing very little onto his, onto his children to create still generational wealth, but he wants to be able to give back to his community. So I think just knowing what you want to do and setting up that plan then helps us kind of coach you how should we structure and what account should be used for who. Yeah, you got to have a vision of really where you want it to be. And it can change. You know, it's important to update that on a regular basis. And obviously, things change. People go through experiences. You know, there might be a charity that really touches you. You know, and, and th these type of things can change over time. But I think it's important to, you know, make sure that you're then portraying where you want that money to go to us so we can help you best structure the way that you can pass along that wealth. Absolutely. So, so you mentioned, you know, the word structure. So, Structuring investments for people that are that money that's going to be inherited is something that we focus on in a lot because the biggest thing is we want the accounts set up so that the risk tolerance and the investments are set up for who's actually going to use the money, not who currently owns the money. Um, so what we mean by that is if you're you know a, a grandparent leaving money onto your grandchildren and your grandchildren are you know toddlers or pre-college age and you want that money to be around for them until they retire right you're trying to create that generational legacy there's no reason that we have to invest it based on your time horizon and your risk tolerance that's a conversation that we want to have to say how do you want this invested for your grandchildren how much risk do you want to take for that account as opposed to as if you were going to spend the money yourself Absolutely. And, and, you know, thinking about it a little bit further, you know, we're, we're talking about leaving money besides in, in retirement money. It's easy to pass along retirement money from one spouse to another spouse. So husband and wife, it's easy. God forbid one of them pass away. It automatically goes to the other one and they take that account on as it was theirs. But where, where it becomes a little bit challenging is if it's a non-spouse beneficiary, and some of these rules have changed over time. You know, if you've heard of inherited IRA accounts or beneficiary retirement accounts, the new rules in place, the person that takes over that non-spousal account has 10 years to use that money uh, completely. So in an example where someone may have a substantial amount of money in an IRA, the reason why you know these rules have changed is because if they had to take it out in one year, they obviously would get impacted by taxes. So they allow you 10 years. It doesn't have to be taken out every single year, but it has to be depleted within that 10 years out of that retirement account. It doesn't necessarily have to go into, and it can be used as however you want. It's just that's when the taxes are due. 
you know, at the end of those 10 years, you want to make sure that that count is depleted because then you'll get into penalties. Yeah, and I think the, you know, again, one of the keys there is really talking to us, working with your estate attorney to say, this is how much money I want to leave to each person, to each person in your life or each organization in your life, and then getting the advice on which account should we leave for each person. Because obviously the retirement accounts, the easiest thing to do is leave those to your spouse if you have a spouse because of the transferability. But if you don't have a spouse or you have to go other ways, it's bring in those other professionals, get the advice to be able to say, what's the easiest way to transfer these accounts? Because the last thing we want, something that we see a lot of, is headaches when someone passes away because stuff just isn't set up to be able to be transferred very easily. Yep. I mean, back in the day, you know, and, and again, depending on what heritage you come from, you know, we've a lot of older Italian clients. Um, back in the day, you know, it was frowned upon to keep all of your assets in one place. Um, so they would squirrel assets all over the place, which is literally a nightmare when you're transferring uh, non-spousal uh, accounts to it because you're on the phone with some of these companies for hours on end. So, you know, uh, again, if you, it's important to be diversified. You know, people back in the day thought diversification was just spreading your money amongst all these different companies. That's not the case. You could be very diversified with one institution across different layers of investments like large cap, small cap, international. That's what I mean by diversification, you know, and, and not having your eggs in one basket. It's not having your assets all over the place. It just makes it more challenging, you know, for, for them, the heirs to take on those assets. Yeah, absolutely. Um, kind, of, kind of moving along here, let's talk a little bit about life insurance. You know, life insurance is, is just a great way to pass along money from one generation to another. It's literally passing along pennies for dollars. You know, and if you plan accordingly and, and you think ahead, you know, this is a way for you really to leave the best legacy possible. Life insurance is probably one of the easiest assets to kind of cash in or, or, or to take from because in most cases, it's completely tax-free. You know, the, the person will take that asset without having any type of tax liability. And, the, and when you're cashing in, really the only thing you need is, is obviously you need the beneficiary and a death certificate. That's really, and obviously, you know, transfer forms to where you want the money to go. It's really easy to kind of take on, you know, those assets at that point in time. So life insurance, if you're looking to, to kind of gift and, and leave people a legacy, is probably the best way to leave a legacy. Right. Like you said, life insurance death benefits are 100% tax-free to the beneficiary, which is huge for leveraging the money as compared to if the money was coming out of an IRA or some type of retirement account where it becomes taxable. But also what's really nice about life insurance is you can choose the dollar amount that you're going to leave behind. When you're structuring those policies, you can purchase any death benefit that you want in a specific dollar amount. Whenever you're leaving behind an investment, the inheritor is inheriting how much is there, right? It's going to depend on some level of market, market performance, interest rates, if the money was drawn down and everything like that. But with life insurance, you're able to pick that death benefit. And as long as the premium gets paid every month, that's exactly how much is going to be there. And you're able to choose that amount so, that, so you know exactly how much you're leaving behind to each individual person. Yeah, I mean, Mike, we talked about that in episode 12, you know, visualizing retirement. How much do you want to leave behind? The nice part about it is if you know exactly how much you want to leave behind, you know, we can incorporate that as part of the plan. And no matter what happens, 
you will 100% leave that behind, you know, as long as you're paying your premiums, and then you can go ahead and spend that money and not have to worry about, okay, well, am I spending too much money? Am I not gonna be able to leave a legacy, you know, for my family? So that's important to plan, so that's a good point, Mike. Perfect, so let's take, um, let's take our break here, let's head into our community spotlight, and when you come back, we'll talk about a few other topics. Welcome to this week's community spotlight, the segment of our show where we focus in on the small businesses that help our community tick. This week, we're focusing in on JMB Home Improvements, LLC, located in Northford, Connecticut. Do you have home improvements on your mind? Call JMB Home Improvements, LLC today for all your home improvements projects. Specializing in kitchen, baths, decks, sidings, and everything in between. Now offering landscape and snow removal services. Family owned and operated for over 20 years. Give us a call today at 203 671 5063 for a free estimate and like us on Facebook. Again, that's JMB Home Improvements LLC in Northford, Connecticut. Welcome back to episode 14 of Money Equals M Squared. We're talking about generational wealth and uh, passing money on to your family and your other heirs. And, you know, right now, you know, before the break, Mike, we were talking about, you know, life insurance and structuring some of those investments the right way. Let's talk a little bit about right now why it's important to work with your estate attorney, right? So the most important thing, the estate attorney, that's going to be your person that draws up your wills and your trusts. So your, your will is basically your last statement of exactly what you want to happen with all of your assets. Your trust is going to be how you register those assets to kind of keep some control over those assets, even though you may not be able to have your hand on them anymore. So why would you say it's so important for people to get that taken care of as opposed to just kind of leaving it up to chance? Yeah, well, I mean, you're not leaving it up to chance. If you don't do a will, the government will write a will for you, okay? It's probably you, you know close to where you want it to be, but it, it's not. Um, and obviously, it's going to take a lot longer. So I think it's important for you to plan ahead to make sure you have, at the very least, a will covered to be able to, to put those assets on, you know, to where you exactly want it to go. Now, if you want to be a little bit more specific, okay, so for instance, let's say, you know, little Johnny over here, he's, he's gone through some trouble, you want a little bit more control over it, and you, you want to make sure that money lasts a longer period of time, and there's only a certain dollar amount they could take out per year, you then can create a trust to have more control over it, so you can make sure that those assets either can get depleted over a regular time frame or they last a certain time frame. So that's where you would you would want to bring in some type of trust to help you have a little bit more control over those accounts. Yeah, and the and the trust it it could help with some taxation as well. You know, depending on what type of assets that you're putting in there. I don't want to go too deep into that. You know, that's that's the conversation for with the estate attorney to be able to really dive into you know what the advantages are, and it depends on your specific. Situation situation. But the key, like you said, is like, if you want a little bit more control, trust is going to make a lot of sense to put those assets in trust. And then the will is, you're going to be able to name every single asset that you have if you'd like. So if you have specific collectibles or, you know, properties and things like that, and you would like certain people to inherit those, that's where your will comes in place, because that statement is what's going to go to the court and who's actually going to have the claim to those assets. So important part of the plan, you know, I think the, the biggest, it's it's really challenging when someone passes away without a will. You know, that's when you, you and, and that's where I see a lot of the biggest family problems is when it's not clear, when it's not concise. And unfortunately, that can leave an, 
you know, a generational impact on families. So I think it's important to be out and open with a lot of this information and to update it on a regular basis. Yeah, and with that and with talking with the family, you know, kind of the last part here working with your estate attorney is that's also where you're going to name your executor of your estate as well as the trustees on any trust that you set up. So the executor is the person that's going to distribute those assets based on the um, the terms of your will, if you will. Um, that's that's laid out for you and your trustee is who's going to manage that trust once you've passed away or once the trust becomes funded those are people that you need to be able to trust that can handle those responsibilities because like you said you don't want those disagreements amongst family over money that didn't need to happen if you just took a little bit of time and you properly planned yeah and that's kind of brings us into the you know our second to last thing is involving you know some of the kids in this type of decision making you know, I, you know, I, I think it's very important to do this early on, you know, to make sure it's clear, um, because like I said, that's where the most confusion happens. And obviously, you know, when the person who passes away is not here anymore and they can't speak for themselves, that's what makes it challenging. I think if everyone's on the right page early on in the plan, the plan can change, the plan can evolve, but as long as everything's out there, and most of the time, everything's gonna be divided equally and fair, um, and you know, unless someone wants you know, the, the jewelry and someone else wants the, you know, the baseball cards or what it is, you know, those are things that you know, they're individual preferences, but I think by, by having family meetings and discussing this prior to things starting to go south, is very important and part of the plan. Yeah, and one of the things that we encourage too with, with involving the kids in the plan is involving us with the children with the plan as well. Because the last thing we want is to have conversations with our clients to go over what's going to happen and what their their wishes are. And the kids don't even know that the accounts exist. Yep. Um, we want to make sure that they know, you know when something happens, they know exactly who to call, what the plan is for the money, how work with the estate attorney so that way they know exactly what's going to happen, who they need to go to, and everything becomes seamless. Yeah, I mean, I think if you, even if you think about it that way, Mike, you know, the world is changing. You know, a lot of, a lot of co- companies now are going to paperless statements. Um, so I think it's even more important to involve us in the plan. You know, we're, we're kind of making a push to have a lot of this stuff become, you know, more technologically advanced. You know, we, we, we use AdviceWorks to store a lot of this data. I know back in the day, used to put it in, you know, bins and things like that, fireproof safes. You know, obviously there's not a lot of fires that are out there, but potentially water damage, flooding, these type of things, um, you, you know, just mice biting you know into some of these documents it's important to have them at least in a secondary place and stored properly you know we've got some of the tools that we can work with people on a regular basis to help them with that and obviously you know that your children are probably a little bit more technologically advanced you know they'll understand that a little bit better versus digging through documents and and, you know in vaults and storage and and with that you know obviously we're working with people to, to store their documents more securely and electronically and things like that but again the children have to know where to look you know, when they, when they put it in the fireproof safe, they knew if they opened up the safe, all the statements were there. Now, if they open up the safe, there's going to be no statements, right? You know, like you said, a lot of stuff is electronic delivery. So it's going to be held in email or through online logins and kids may not know to where to look. So with, that's why it's even more important to involve, involve your financial planners in your plan, involve your estate attorney with your children. So that way they know, okay, something happened. Here's who I need to call. Yep. And even if the assets aren't with us, if, if they're older accounts or, you know, with other brokers, you know, we can link those accounts in and have them as a part of the plan. So God forbid something happens on unexpectedly, we know exactly where to go and where to retrieve some of these assets. Yeah, for sure. So um, kind of the last thing we were, we were talking about here is 
gifting while you're still alive. So this is something that's become a lot more popular um, as people are reaching RMD age and they're starting to have to distribute some of their accounts while they're still living and they're living longer is starting to spend down those accounts and gift it on to their children and their favorite charities while they're alive. Um, one thing that's important, you know, the current gift limit is $17,000 per year per donee. So what that means is like if you have two spouses, you can double that lift limit to a single person. And you're able to gift that money while you're still alive so that way you can actually start giving the money away if that's important to your strategy. Yep. Yeah, I mean, even if you think about it this way, you know, children now, you know, they're, they're making more money than a lot of these uh, you know, people that are retired. You know, so if you, even if you think about some of these beneficiary accounts, things along those lines, if, they, if, if the person that's retired takes the distribution, pays the taxes on it, it's still better than probably leaving a taxable asset to a, to a um, for, to a child. You know, a lot of these obviously people die in their seventies, eighties, you know, nineties. A lot of times they're in their prime working years and they're in their highest tax bracket. The children that are going to inherit these assets. So sometimes working with us and working with an advisor to make sure when is the best time to take some of this money. It might take a little bit of planning. It might take a little bit of courage paying the taxes on it. But in the long term, if it's not money that you're really planning on using, it might make sense to pay taxes on it while you're living because you're going to be a lower tax bracket than potentially your son or daughter or the beneficiary on the account. Right. And like we were talking before with, you know, making sure that you're working with the estate, the estate attorney on, you know, structuring, you know, the wills and trusts. This is where you want to work with your accountant on structuring your taxes as well as your your children's or your grandchildren's taxes and stuff like that because you're going to be gifting them the money on what makes the most sense. If it's money that you're not going to use anyways, it makes sense to start gifting it you know, while you're still alive so that way you can hand them the gift. And if that's important to you, let's take, let's take advantage of it right away. Yeah, I mean, even if it's a part of a, a strategy to, to minimize, you know, some of that state or tax or state burden, um, you, you know, you could do as, as like Mike, Mike was saying, you know, if it's almost $68,000 per year if it's both spouses are living in, in both arrangements. So it's a way to pass along that money and not to go through the estate process. Perfect. So, you know, today we just wanted to do a, a quick overview on, you know, passing on, you know, money from generation to generation. You know, we really talked about, you know, everything from, you know, do you want to do this and how to structure those investments all the way through working with attorneys and accountants to be able to set the money up and gift it on the, the way that's the most impactful to you. Yeah, whether it's charities or whether it's to pass it along to different organizations or whether it's just to pass it along to families. Perfect. So that wraps up episode 14 of Money Equals M Squared. Uh, make sure you check us out online at LLTWM.com or on Instagram at Team LLT. Thanks. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily the views and opinions of Satera Investment Services. Any recommendations mentioned in this episode are meant for educational purposes only and should not be construed as advice or personal recommendations. Always consult your financial advisor, tax advisor, or attorney for details related to your specific risks, goals, and objectives. Investments have risk and can lose value. They are not FDIC insured. The situations presented are hypothetical to illustrate key topics and should not be construed as actual client situations or experiences. 
Services. Lagus Lucas and Torello Wealth Management operates under Satera Investors and is responsible for the production of this show. All views and opinions are solely that of Lagus Lucas and Torello Wealth Management. You should always obtain a prospectus when available prior to investing to know your risk, costs, and fees associated with the investment. The advice and strategies presented today are general in nature and should not be used in your planning until you consult with your attorney and CPA on your specific situation. A diversified portfolio does not assure a profit or protect against loss in a declining market. Asset allocation is an investment strategy that will not guarantee a profit or protect you from loss. Satera Investors is a marketing name of Satera Investment Services, securities and insurance offered through Satera Investment Services, LLC, member FINRA SIPC, advisory services offered through Satera Investment Advisors, LLC. Satera is under separate ownership from any other named entity, 127 Washington Avenue, second floor west, North Haven, Connecticut, 06473, phone number 203-239-4545. Individuals affiliated with this broker-dealer firm are either investment advisor representatives who offer only investment advisory services and receive fees based on assets or registered representatives who offer brokerage services and receive transaction-based compensation or both an investment advisor representative or registered representative who can offer both types of services.